Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get an ad-free version of the show, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash ndtechs. You'll not only get an ad-free version of this show, but some bonus content in the form of national recap pods from Shane and I, as well as at least two, more often than not, bonus posts from yours truly. Again, that is patreon.com slash ndtex. And I want to thank new Patreon members for the month, Jordan B. and John. Thank you and thank everybody else for your continued support. Hello and welcome to another victory edition of the HLS Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Ritter. You can call me ND Tex. And as always, you can catch this podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to come join us in Discord. That is our live chat channel, herloyalsons.com slash Discord. Not this week, but next week. We'll be back with twitch.tv slash herloyalsons for some sim action. And of course, you can always catch us at our home at HerLittleSons.com. With that said, I bring in Shane. Shane, have you recovered from everything that was this past Saturday? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I fared better than most in that I didn't really witness anything beyond the Virginia Tech uh, result, which in and of itself was enough that required recovery. But yeah, man, I'm just happy we came with the win. I feel fine. Yeah, there's, there's so much to talk about. I mean, bottom line, we won. It was a heart attack. And, you know, the... It, and even like I, I think the national media, based on the AP polls, like I don't know what to think of this team. Which yeah, yeah. fine, whatever, who cares? Look, we we still need yeah. to figure it out halfway who the quarterback actually still is. We'll definitely have quite a bit to talk about on that topic. Uh, but overall, Shane, this team is five and one in a chaos mm-hmm. year that proved nobody is safe, including <clears throat> Alabama, which we will yeah. talk about in length. For my Texas Aggies uh, on the bonus podcast over at patreon.com slash ndtex. Um, but yeah, this it was a crazy week uh, of college football. I mean, just bonkers fun. The Notre Dame game, as stressful as it was, was also still fun. Uh, but Shane, I want to lead this off with BK mm-hmm. and what he said in his postgame presser. And I believe you told me you haven't yet to hear any of this, right? I had I don't usually watch post game pressers. I barely tune into the Twitter feed during post game pressers because I once the game result is in, I, I instantly move to healing phase. I don't I don't try to <laughs> absorb any more potential damage or information. So I just move past it and I decide to process. So yeah, I have not seen any of this yet. Yeah, in the midst of losing my mind during the AM and Alabama game, I saw a few quotes. I'm like, oh, this will be interesting to hear what he has to say and uh, to hear it in context, but uh, let's go ahead and get right into it because I think it'll it'll kick everything off and really sets the mood that BK is in right now. Well, not okay. much to say. You know, pretty boring day here in Blacksburg. Here's where I would start. I've been in a lot of games, coached a lot of games, but I don't know that I've ever coached a group of guys that had such um, resolve and mental toughness that regardless of the situation. They just kept playing, uh, unfazed um, by the circumstances. And and look, in particular, I mean, you take Jack Cohn out of the game. He's the first one to pick up Tyler Buckner on the field when he's hurt. And he's prepared himself mentally to go back in the game and lead two drives. Um, You guys should be uh, thinking about great things to write about that guy because that doesn't happen very often but you'll find you'll find negative things to write about this game and <laughs> that's why I don't really care because oh. as a coach what I take from these games oh boy. is watching a guy like a Jack Cone come in under those circumstances and rise above it it was just for me incredibly enjoyable to watch him play and to see George Takis catch a ball down the seam that was intended for Mike Mayer 
or to watch Logan oh, Diggs have George. to come in because Chris Tyree uh, couldn't answer the bell because of turf toe and Kyron uh, was banged up. Um, Everyone likes and, Logan. And, and Sebo was a coach's decision uh, and not being here. So just Sebo's so many still stories. In the negative zone. Um, oh, okay. Just casually. Okay. So I'll get off my soapbox, let you guys uh, dig into the game um, because it, we're not perfect. And that's okay with me. damn and the whole time like i I told you shay there was he had i mean most of the press conference he not during this statement i mean he was kind of like laid back leaning back and then he had his hands on the back of his head just slouched back um i mean he came in there just i mean full of piss and vinegar it was it was amazing boy (laughs) i mean it had like Okay, so like Frank the Tank, you remember old school? Oh like yeah. The, the, the whole evening scene happens. This had energy of like the next day. How 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 Frank would have had to have gone about apologizing for all of his insane behavior because like <laughs> it, re- regardless of the fact that he was fully committed to the bit and like this is exactly who he is, he comes in here and he's like, okay, so we're not perfect. So fuck all of you, and I don't care if you have a bunch of shit to talk about how we're not perfect, because you're going to find shit to complain about. Whatever, man. None of you are going to write good stories about how Jack Cohn fixed himself, but that's what I see, because I'm, I'm the dad who's proud of his son out there playing the football, and you don't understand my kid like I understand him. It's like, okay, dude, oh my god, like... Don't what, it? Just I don't... Did. You you never want to be the guy. You don't ever want to preempt the being the asshole in the room. Like unless you have to be the asshole in the room, don't volunteer. Don't walk in with a sign that says, "Hey guys, asshole over here." I hope you're ready for this motherfucker. It's like that's kind of how he entered the room. Like ah, oh, okay. Yeah. So so what I saw in particular, like him the beat chest say like tweeting that they were being chastised like they didn't say that like outright but they were just like no. saying like just giving the quote like just just plain telling what they said i'm like oh i gotta see this this is interesting oh but it's funny you said that like you don't know him like i know him because later on um a question was asked and i want to say tyler led with this tyler james of the south bend tribune a friend of the show that's been on here um he he asks, it's like, well, what Cohen did at the end, is that what you typically see in practice? Kind of like the implication of like, we haven't seen this. Where did it come from? Hey, where's that fucking guy been? <laughs> and then and basically BK about came out of his shoes, like his eyes almost came out of his fucking sockets. Oh, Just fuck. like it's like, yes! We see this all the time. And it's like, we live with these guys. You don't understand. Like, I didn't just wake up today. <laughs> the code was going to be the QB. Yeah. Like, it, it was, it is something we had theorized. It's like, God, Cone must just look mm-hmm. awesome in practice. Like, we mentioned that last week. Like, maybe, maybe Pine sucks in practice and, and Cone is just impressive. But, I mean, BK was talking about, you know, he had the quick release. He was making the right reads. He's basically... It was almost like he finally fucking did it. And now I'm going to mm. tell everybody and I'm going to slam my dick and my balls in on the yeah, table. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> it, it felt very much like redemption time fucking energy. But like you, I feel like we saw it at, at times. It took it Florida usually State, took we saw two, it. it. We saw it at Florida State and we saw it, I think, on the first drive against Cincinnati until the interception. Like he was just marching shit down. Shit was happening. It was, mm-hmm. it was clicking. It's just like. That guy left the building after that drive, you know, and he hadn't been back until Tyler Buckner shit the bed bad enough and was hurt. And, then, you know, and Jack Cohn was I mean, it was like perfect. I mean, I don't I have no interest in in really making it seem as though I think of it any deep more deeply than this. But like, I feel like we we couldn't have had a better exact order of things to happen in in order for this to be the storyline and how it played out. Like, OK, Jack Cohn. Goes out for his first three or four drives and continues to look terrible, make bad decisions, and cost the team possessions, points, etc. Then you bring in, oh shit, unexpected, it's the Tyler Buckner show. We're not going to talk about Drew Pine. That guy does not exist. Let's all pretend like he's not even on the bench. Stop showing him on the camera. It's the Tyler Buckner show, everybody. Surprise, surprise. Happy early birthday. It was like, what the fuck? Wow. Okay. 
So let's see what he can do. And then he comes out and he fucking kills it. One, two, no problem, right? They, they, they march down and they score points on two different possessions. He, they do the exact swing, 14 to 10. And you're like, oh shit, everyone's, oh shit, it's gonna be a halftime, big debate, oh my God. And then Virginia Tech puts up their points and kinds of calms things down. But it's already, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then the very next storyline you get is, how can you get the guy who was forcibly removed to be motivated enough to come back in the game should he be needed and do something about it, right? Like, just in case he's needed to come back in, now there's that potential storyline. And just like a fucking Hollywood movie, in the fucking end of the second act, Tyler Buckner has shit to bed twice, and he's thrown his second interception. And this time, it's like, oh my god, not only are they in position to score points again, but they're about to put this game away. They go up, whatever, 22 to 21. And then it feels like the dagger when they go 29 to 21, and it's like, oh fuck, and now it's an eight-point game. It's the exact final third-act redemption story for Jack Cohn to slide right the fuck in, come in and do some insane heroics where he, like, right, you know, in the movie, he comes in, he does the first drive. It's like, oh, my God, he scores a touchdown. Is is Jack back? Someone in the stands says it. And they, they write a sign, Jack, back, question mark? And then they hold it up, and the, a section of the crowd starts singing that exact chant, and then he comes in and scores the game-winning drive on that insane Kevin Austin face-masked backwards catch. It's like, it was the perfect storyline for Brian Kelly to come out with see I told you so energy. Just right. exactly for that way to for that story to play out. It could not have happened any more perfectly for that narrative. Yeah, even BK's son on Twitter is like, you guys gotta trust my dad. He knows what he's doing, which was also wow. very funny. Also, wow. God, rest in peace your mentions. I didn't check them because I didn't want to see the internet tear a kid a new asshole, because I'm sure the yeah. internet did, knowing the internet. Uh but look. I mean, it, at least we got some insight on on what was going on. It was the the frustration of this guy has it. We know he has it for whatever reason. The light bulb goes dim at certain points in the game, and we don't know why. And we want to put our head through the wall. Now he wasn't just you know. I, I wanted to play the whole thing because that that section was a great intro. Uh, Buckner was put over hard by BK too. Like he he sung his praises and really didn't tear him a new one for the mistakes. It was hey he's gonna be a great player. He's just an experience. He didn't know like the first interception that was a pick six. He said he called it cover eight, which I haven't heard. So I'm assuming he means when they drop all eight. It says mm-hmm. you don't throw to the boundary unless you know the corner for certain, is not squatting, which that corner absolutely was, and that's why it was a pick six. He said, you know, he made a mistake. He made a mistake here and there. He said, but the kid's unflappable. Like, you couldn't, he was fine. Like, he wasn't saying he was, you know, rattled or anything else. It was just, hey, he's going to be really good. Like, saying, hey, guys, I I broke the glass in case of emergency, and I told Tommy I'm not taking him out. Like, he said after the first couple drives, it's like, hey, I told Tommy, it's like, you know, call this game like he's not leaving because I'm keeping him in. So, and, and BK said what we all saw with our eyes. It's like, hey, we had a running game. Look at that. That was awesome. Um, but it wasn't just the fact that Buckner was in there. The line themselves did great. Uh, we saw Christophic. We saw Joe Alt play for the majority of the game. BK specifically saying, hey, I'm done with it. Big boys on the line. We're too small. We got to play physical. Yep. We got to play bigger. And he said, Kyron ran with the bigger edge. And, you know, we saw Logan Diggs. He came this close to busting a couple yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, there was runs. one one ankle tackle that had uh, he had a lane in front of him. Yep. Yeah, so and apparently Tyree was hurt for the majority of the game, which nobody really picked up on. Uh, and it was one of those things where I didn't pick up on it. I was uh, actually driving my kids back from my parents' house the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So I was only able to kind of, you know, listen and not really watch. So when I rewatched the game, I was like, oh, this should have been a warning sign. Matt Salerno is here doing everything again. Yeah. Why? And yeah. it only hit me that Tyree was hurting until I listened to the presser. You know, he basically broke down the entire running back room. He said, Kyron Williams is uh, banged up, which no clue. Don't know if it happened at Virginia Tech. Don't know if it happened uh, earlier. Tyree got hurt. And apparently Sebo is still in the negative zone, as uh, Eddie would yeah. say. Which is, ooh. What I, the fuck? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah something's, had, something's going on there. He <laughs> served four and then suddenly was just immediately put right back in the doghouse when, uh, after one game. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, it's it's very, very interesting. So who knows? Maybe he just had a shit week of practice and BK's like, okay, sending a message to you. You're not on the travel roster. I, I don't know what's yes. going on there. Maybe Sebo's on his way out. Uh, the good news is there is depth back behind there. Uh, so we're all good on that side uh, as far as running back depth goes. But man, yeah, yeah it was it was interesting to hear how fr- he was very frank. Usually BK <laughs> cloaks a lot of stuff. The entire presser, he he was not holding back from anything. He was very frank with what happened. Um, uh, and, and let's talk about some of the craziness that happened okay. in the game before we really get too heavy into like the. Uh, the, the QB situation, and we got to talk about the defense, too, at some point, because, ugh. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, I mean, because really, God, these fucking refs, man. Just, there were so many ways this game turned on very weird things. Like, here's here's a sequence for you. Um, the phantom clipping, which unfortunately wasn't asked about in the press conference. It was like the yeah. NCAA 14 default penalty where I'm looking. It's like, what did he do? He fell down and barely grazed right. the guy. But right after that was Buckner's pick and his injury. Like, yes. Notre Dame was primed to punt yeah. after that. And now Buckner's got to throw another pass. So who knows what happens there? Do we screw around with Buckner for a little while longer? Or did we get lucky? Which is funny. We had a sim. We ran two sims. I guess we should have ran three, as Douglas Farmer pointed out to us. Yeah, yeah, we went with Buckner. <laughs> yeah, uh, but the one with Cone, he got hurt at the end of the game, and Drew Pine came in and won the damn thing. Well, wow, happened. Just wrong quarterback. The sim is right, fucking clairvoyant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then we had uh, the sequence where Virginia Tech got their go-ahead touchdown. There was the roughing the passer penalty, which it didn't convert a first down, but it gave him a chunky yardage after a first down conversion. And this yeah. is the one where Kyle Hamilton came in, took one step, and just smacked the yeah. shit out of him. Which BK uh, was asked about this specifically. He said in his view it was a clean hit. He knew he only took one step. He said the explanation that he got was Kyle Hamilton hit the quarterback too high. I guess when you're an All-American, you have to hit yeah. like... He's got like a strike zone of a midget that he's got to hit or he's going to get flagged because he's also gotten one for hitting a quarterback too low, too. So it's just, yeah, <laughs> it almost feels yeah. like the refs are picking on his ass. No, it, it clearly just felt like a situation where they felt like the, you know, they felt the need as conference refs to call a specific circumstance that felt painful. Like, you, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just had that feeling uh, of like, ooh, that didn't feel right. Uh, the same feeling uh, that you got after uh, uh, their player got hit with targeting. Like uh, 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 the second he, you you saw the contact was made, and you know the player flips around and he stands up and disappoints. You got a feeling of like that felt like targeting, right? And then the flag falls. It it had the same vibe, even though nothing illegal happened. Right. It was the same energy as if the ref was like he saw a massive hit. He heard the crowd go, ooh, and everyone else looked around like, damn, right? He just beat the shit out of him. And then there was a pause, and it was like, he's in trouble, right? Yeah, fuck it, throw the flag. And then that, that, that was it. Like, it was. Yeah. It almost just felt reflexive. And, and Burmeister was already hurt at that point, so there may be a little bit of yeah. overprotection going on with the refs of, hey, let's not you know, basically target the injured guy. Uh, because when Burmeister went down, you can see his face. He's like, oh, God, that hurt. Please oh, throw God. a flag. And he looked yeah. over, and you can see, like, he wasn't, like, trying Please. to draw it, but he <laughs> had this, mercy. like, deep breath of relief, like, oh, fuck, it was worth it. <laughs> mercy. Yeah. But, yeah, right after right after that, then soon after, that was when the Virginia Tech touchdown happened, where Foskey yeah. comes like a bat out of hell, is having his jersey grabbed from behind ripped off to of him. slow him down. No flag there. Burmeister ends up scoring and about collapses in his own pain. Um, yeah. But uh, BK actually addressed not the missed hold, but in general, Foskey's like, I don't know why he rushes the quarterback anymore because we can't help him out on the other side and keep the quarterback in the pocket, which right. was true. very fair. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, just a couple crazy sequences there. You wonder about like how things would have would have changed there. Uh, the other weird call was the targeting on Mitchell Evans. Uh, apparently, <laughs> BK, he was much gentler than on that than I'm going to be. But here was BK's explanation was that he was caught in no man's land and it was ridiculous that he got ejected. 
He said that he wasn't even supposed to be there on that play. Apparently, right. he was supposed to be moved in motion to where he was not in a position to give any kind of oh. crackback or blindside block. He said he was just in no man's land, so he went and blocked somebody. And he just happened wow. to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. What I yeah. saw on that play, uh. I don't know about you, Shane, was the defender turned around and faced him, and Mitchell Evans got a flag thrown for being too tall. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. But, but, but yes, but I think both your both your, your assessments are correct. So essentially what you're saying is just by being physically his height and putting his arms up in the position of where he was located relative to the defender's height, yeah, it hit him in the fucking chest right. neck area because he's <laughs> he's about a, a, a fat half a foot shorter than he was. But Brian Kelly, what Brian Kelly's essentially saying is that like because the bl- the play was so blown the fuck up, he just went out there and guessed, like, I'm going to run in that direction, and whoever comes at me, I'm going to stop from moving in whatever direction they're going in. Yeah, it's like, I know where the play's going, so I should block right. it. Right. I'm just going to protect that direction, and in the end, it's like you said, it's a perfect confluence of him just being too tall and the play being too broken. Yeah, and I, 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 I understand the blindside block. I... I, I hate it in general, mostly because you're having to seriously unprogram players. This is more so yeah. than hitting high. That is, hey, you need to tackle better and you need to tackle yeah. properly. A blindside block, uh, I mean, you can even come from the side. It's just, hey, we're trying to reduce violent collisions like altogether as mm-hmm. far as like the super violent ones, because it's somebody, you know, the whole, hey, you got to keep your head on a swivel. They're like, well, that's asking a lot. You shouldn't have your head on the swivel. You should be a little bit protected by the rules, which, okay, I get. But in this situation, he wasn't coming from the side of him. He wasn't coming from his back. He was behind him. The guy turned around. He took a full step at him. I don't understand personally how that's a blindside block. I I guess you got to give him more time to be established. I'm no referee. I'm no rule book maven, but I'm just looking. It's like he got thrown out for playing football and being tall. Like, what the hell are we doing? And BK even says, like, we're rejecting kids for that. It's ridiculous. It's like the other one, that was targeting. He's like, everybody in the world knew that one was targeting. Save for the Virginia Tech people that thought at that point, if Notre Dame breathed on a player, it was going to be a personal foul uh, after the refs got so flag happy. But I tell you what, can we, like, and national media types just, like, stop with the, oh, Notre Dame really needs to get on the ACC. It's like, why would you want to join this conference right now? But it feels like you're getting dicked over at every single turn. Like, oh, sure, we want more of this. This is fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I made this reference maybe jokingly earlier in the season, but it's like if every fucking time outside of 2020 where we play one of these stupid fucking teams we have to play five of every year, if every time we do it, we're going to get dicked around by the host affiliate conference that really desperately wants to court us into some kind of partnership. If every time they're going to basically look at us and say, well, since you're not like full time here, since you're really only part timers, we're going to drag your feet through the fucking mud and make this a living hell every time. Even though you absolutely are doing everything within your power to play the game correctly, we're going to make sure that you feel like you're not. If that's going to be the experience... Every fucking time we play a team in this conference, you, you need to explain to me then on what the flip side is of the of the incentive structure there, because I don't see any re, you know reward system. All I'm seeing is you know petulant fucking you know you know sour grapes for, over nonsense. It, it, it really feels deliberate, like you know the, the the same way you would expect like Big Ten, no, really particularly Pac-12 refs to act. You know, when Notre Dame visits, like it's that level, but every, every week. And it's like, this is becoming a joke now. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it it makes no sense as far as, like you said, it's, oh, so we join and then this, the the bullshit stops. Like you want us to believe that? How fucking dumb do you think we are? No, everybody. and, And look, I'm not saying the refs should like bend over and let Notre Dame have their way with everybody. Look, they missed some calls on Notre Dame too. Like it happens, but these refs are so, objectively bad at the job Mm -hmm. right now and it's been on both sides of the ball but it seems very oddly enough that when they really blow it it happens to be on our end just about the majority of the time 
And it's just, it's, it's aggravating, especially like the lack of holding and everything else to which somebody, and I wish to God I remembered, I, I need to start like taking notes and tweets and say, well, the Notre Dame offensive line should just start tackling people. I don't open up the run game. It's like, you know what? If the no, rest, it was Pete Sampson. It was? Yeah. Oh, it's like, yeah. look, I mean, honestly, if you're not going to, it's, it's also like, if you know the refs aren't going to call it, you're kind of fucking up by not doing it. As well, yeah. Well, that the sentiment was that Notre Dame might as well start tackling people because it seems to be working wonders for Virginia Tech. Right, like, that's all they were doing the whole fucking game. Yeah, because they they couldn't. I mean, Notre Dame's. I mean, the defensive line was again causing havoc like crazy. Sure. And look, it's it's like if you're pitching and you know the umpire for whatever reason is giving you about a foot off the plate. You know it's not a strike. The batter knows it's not a strike. The umpire thinks it is. So if he's the one calling the game, and I don't have a robot calling the game. I'm going to take the foot. I'm going to see if he'll give me one and a half feet. I'll see if he'll give me two. If he gives me four, I'm going to stay out there all game long. All day. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things to where, I mean, I know not every single penalty is going to get called. It's fucking impossible. Part of being good at the offensive line is figuring out how to delicately hold and not get caught. It's the same thing when you're a good DB. You know how to hand fight and get a grip just enough to where the ref can't see it. That's how you get good. You try to figure out where you can toe the line of the rules. So let's fucking do it. I mean, just start tackling people until you get called for holding. Just see what happens. I don't see any reason not to. uh, It's 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 frustrating to see, and I like more so than anything else. It's the whole oh well, you know they they need to go. No, we don't. We don't need to go. This is no. There's this is nothing a relationship. here that's pointing towards a positive experience about joining a conference. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, this is this is a relationship of convenience because holy fuck, you need to do something because your entire conference is nobody knows who's going to stand out in that division right now. Wake Forest, kudos to you for staying undefeated. Go be ACC champs and be legends, please. please. <laughs> It'd be please hilarious. Please laugh at Miami for the rest of eternity. We got there first. <laughs> L-M-F-A-O. <laughs> oh, God, that would be amazing. All right, well, before we get too much further into this, Shane, let's, let's go ahead and do some podcast business before we really do get it. out of hand. All right, let's talk about Home Field Apparel. Let's have a kinder, gentler, adry look. Homefieldapparel.com, I love this stuff. I have a thunder, so you may have heard some thunder going off in the, mm-hmm. the distance mm-hmm. here. Uh that means it's going to be hoodie weather tomorrow. We got a cold front coming yes. right now. Oh, I am very much looking forward to putting on the most comfortable hoodie I own, and that is the wonderful hoodie from homefieldapparel.com. And it's going to have a great, great retro design. Uh, my favorite one is the Our Lady of Victory Notre Dame one. Uh, they have all kinds of fantastic Notre Dame designs. I love running through them. It's become a part of my everyday wear, just about. And my wife loves it as well. Her her uh, tank top, the the woman's cut tank top, is like her go-to game day uh, apparel right now. So homefieldapparel.com has done us a solid there and decking us out. They have all kinds of different schools. If you have friends and family and you haven't yet pulled the trigger, what are you waiting for? 15% off your first order when you use the code LOYALSONS. Again, that is LOYALSONS for 15% off your first order. Head over to homefieldapparel.com, patronize the good brand, and get yourself some of the most comfortable stuff you will ever wear. Loyal listeners, if you ever wanted to get a deeper insight into the Notre Dame football program from somebody that lived it as both a player as well as in the inside of the athletic department, we suggest picking up a copy of If These Walls Could Talk, stories from Notre Dame Fighting Irish sideline, locker room, and press box by none other than Reggie Brooks himself. Reggie will dive into everything from his time playing under Lou Holtz all the way up to the experiences of watching Brian Kelly lead today's Fighting Irish. And we are happy to extend a 25% offer off the book just by going to herloyalsons.com slash book. Make sure you use the code WALLSND25. That's W-A-L-L-S-N-D-2-5 when you make your order. Again, head over to herloyalsons.com slash book. Use the code WALLSND25 and enjoy a great addition to your Notre Dame football library. 
All right. So with that said, how about we, uh, where do, where do you want to go? You want to do QB talk or defense, Shane? I'll let you pick here. Um, I feel like let's just get through. Let's start. Let's talk to the QB stuff because okay. we might as well. Why wait? Yeah, thank Christ we have a bye week to, to kind of figure this out. <laughs> um, yeah. It was funny. As much as BK said we had to stop this flavor of the week type stuff, him talking through the press conference was almost like, I still don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and watching I- this game, I mean, it's now you got you don't have a hard part of your schedule left. So do you want to go ahead and say, fuck it, the future is now. Go ahead, Tyler, because clearly you could do enough good to maybe not shoot us in the foot? Or do you hope Combe plays like he practices? Because that really seems to be about the decision right now. Sorry, Drew, I guess you were kind of left out. <laughs> yeah, that that's my biggest question. What the fuck is going on? Like, what about Drew, guys? Like, what are we... Okay, I don't know. Maybe this information's out there already. And again, I, I have not consumed any of the post-game content of any, about any of that stuff. So I don't know. But, like, did anyone ask? Like, no, nobody asked about what? Drew. That what the fuck? That, that, that's still my biggest question, and I can't wait till tomorrow they ask us, you know, the podcast, or like, hey, we're recording, blah, 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 because that's my first, the first thing I asked was, why was the the person that was gone to, in order to improve slash, you know, right the ship, when Jack Cohn, of all people, you know, the, the, the much embattled decision in terms of who should lead this charge... Once he goes down in terms of reliability, why was it Tyler Buckner and not Drew Pine? Like, because what so far gave precedence for him to be the go-to first? I, Drew Pine had proven himself in more than one occasion up to that point, and again, wasn't even gone to, never even considered, even after uh, everything went wrong. Why? Why is that the case? But uh, yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. And honestly, I don't know. I mean, no answers were given by BK. I'm sure that's going to be a recurring theme uh, once people settle down. Because, of course, you know, post game, you got a short window. You're you're trying to write about the game and you don't want to ask about the guy that doesn't play because it doesn't help you write your story. So I get that. So and, and honestly, it's a big story of figuring out, hey, is the future now like like trying to get that insight into what sure. BK wants? So. I have a feeling he will be asked about that at length um, mm-hmm. during the bye week uh, whenever he does do pressers. I don't know how much media availability he is going to have. Sometimes he does lessen it on the bye week, which is understandable. Um, he'll definitely be asked about it at SC week, I'm sure. Uh, and yeah. it won't be what's happened with Drew. It'll be trying to figure out, well, you know, give us some insight in the quarterback situation. You know, they always try to leave it generic open because if you go too specific, that BK will be too specific and dodgy in his answer. So you you mm-hmm. want to open it up to make him explain too much, kind of like what he did tonight. Like, he, it, that was the, what I played wasn't even a question. That was his opening statement of the presser, and he just, like, let it rip. Like, yeah, that's, that's what go. you, you mm-hmm. want to have happen. You want him to let it rip. You want to, like disarm him quote-unquote enough to where you get some statements in but it's it's really interesting now because you know we can think a little bit bigger picture because there is a week off and it is how do you want to handle this 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 pine kind of go on the sideline like what the fuck i thought jack was starting like that's what i'm saying (laughs) that's what i'm saying just last week you said we can't be doing this flavor of the week shit but even this week the second guy was a new fucking flavor than last week so it's like what 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 is it like are we actually not are we are we outright refuting the practice of multiple quarterbacks are we pretending to say we want jack to be the guy and if it takes tyler or drew to prod him into place we'll use them or are we saying all three of them need to get even rotation because that's what i expect mike because the two the two look similar the two concepts right. would visually look identical on the field to us we wouldn't know how, how to distinguish the reasoning behind who plays when. But if, if the idea is to say that, then say that. Then say, like, Jack Cohn's our starter, everybody. I, 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 without me being uh, press conference mad, let me just make it clear. Jack <laughs> Cohn, you know, Jack Cohn is my starter. And sometimes to get his shit together, we bring in Drew. If we feel like Drew that week had a good week. Or if we need to, we bring in Tyler because both are good to get Jack's shit together. Do you understand? That's all I'm doing here. If he, if that's what he means, then say that because otherwise, 
all we see is a three-headed rotation where we're like, who's starting? Why? You know, you can you can solve it by easily explaining it. Yeah, and and honestly, the the feel I got from the answers he gave, and especially when he told Tommy that hey, he's just staying in there. I have a feeling they brought Buckner in to run the package, basically to say, "Hey, we got to yeah. get something going. We need to, we can run on this team. Let's really and, and that really like the first few like couple of drives, it was super super run heavy uh, for sure. Buckner. And then I think it was the decision is like, "Hey, we went here to look for a spark. You know what? He's about to it's catch sparking. fire. So fucking yeah. let's just go." Wrong spark. <laughs> yeah. So and, and really it was because it was like after the the. the the couple of drives, then all of a sudden you're like, hey, throw it deep. Let's just see what yeah. you do, Tyler. And then Let's he just it. throws a freaking strike to Kevin Austin that was absolutely gorgeous. You're like, yeah. oh, buddy, we're here. And then in the second half, we're like, oh, buddy, we're not. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> after Kyron Williams pass and all that, yeah, after that, at first, really it was the pick six. And you, there was still a part of me that had, it was like, you know, he had to get that one out of the way. Exactly. And you got to get it out of your system. He's got to respond. I was sad. It was at one that cost instant six because that has to feel much more painful as your first interception, right? In fact, for one to be like, that cost you six points. But then like, okay, he's got to get out of the way. And then the second one happens and it's like, that was just a stupid throw. Okay. Now we're in trouble here. And then... You know, like like perfect circumstance, he throws an interception, sees his result, bounces awkwardly, and does does something that I've done a thousand fucking times, which is just randomly, mindlessly roll your fucking ankle out of nowhere. Which, I mean, then then was the perfect moment for Jack to come back in. But yeah, it just felt like one of those things. It was like you could just feel the unraveling happening every every time he got the ball back. Yeah, and it really. And that's almost it almost makes it worse that this is kind of how it came down was, hey, like after the pick six, like, look, we're going to let it happen. Like you said, let it happen. You get a chance to respond. Yeah. Let's, let's see what let's see how you grow up. And hey, we're going to let you take your lumps. I mean, it, it really feels like they were just going to ride with them. Come hell or they high were. water. And maybe maybe pull in, uh, you know, the, do the Tommy Rees move where it's like, hey, it's the two minute drill. We need a score. Sorry, buddy. You ain't ready. We're, we're getting Conan here. Uh, but yeah. you know that decision was made much easier when it was like hey, he can't walk now, um, yeah. and it looked like Buckner was fine on the sideline. I mean, he was moving around, uh, but he didn't have his helmet in his hand, so he's definitely hurt bad enough. Uh, but you you definitely saw this bigger spark. You saw why he is such a heralded recruit because not only is he a threat to run, he is a dangerous threat to run. And if I remember yeah. right, he was there was a, a strong section of the game where he was the leading rusher before Kyron Williams finally overtook him. Like I, yeah. he was, he was running some QB power that was just fucking bananas. His first step acceleration is fucking insane. He just he's like you could see him running across the, the formation trying to find the hole and being so fast in his acceleration that he can't even like get his center of gravity down to make a left turn fast enough. Like he's got to like flail himself to correct. Oh shit. I got to make a left. Like he's his first step acceleration is incredibly fast. You know, you almost feel like, you know, the fact that he plays quarterback is just an act, like an accident. Like he feels like a running back out there that can throw the ball. Yeah. Just, uh, I, and I don't know. I don't know what, what you do now. I mean, to be honest, it, I, what I don't you know. do is you stick with Jack Cohn, man. Yeah, but I you mean, stick it, with him. It, it, it is. It is definitely. It feels like you got to shove the genie back in the bottle right now. I don't know how you feel yeah. about the situation. You you got to stick with Jack Cohn, and you got to just like understand that you know if if it's Buckner that comes in moving forward to be the you know the change of pace or you know whenever they need it to to let let Cohn get a mental rep or two on the fucking sidelines. Then so be it. But I think the idea is Jack Cohn continues to be the starter for the remainder of the fucking season, especially now that the hardest teams are out of the way and you get you end the first half five and one. You know, all things considered, I think best case scenario because this very yeah. much could have been a, a, a four and two team after after this past this very past weekend. So you know, you, you go through, you start with Jack Cohn, you run out the stretch with Jack Cohn, and. You get everybody, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner, the reps they all need in every game moving forward because they're the ones that are going to be on the roster after this season, and Jack Cohn will not, regardless, period, the end. So it's going to be the two of them battling this out no matter what. You want to get them prepared. And just understand that, like, 
hey, if another loss takes place for whatever reason, you can kiss any playoff shit goodbye. But as as has been seen, so long as we win the rest, hey man, maybe we'll fucking trip, fall, and stumble right back the fuck in anyway. So let's just keep on winning and let's just do enough to get there. That's really all you can expect, I think, from this team. Yeah, and honestly, I almost feel like some different messaging needs to go down. And it's, I Mm. think BK talked himself into a corner with this whole, we got to figure out the not do a flavor of the week thing, which it just needs to be a message. Like, look, here's what I wanted to do, but here's the reality. I'm not going to stand by and lose a football game to be stubborn. And and that's basically what it was. He, he, he had Buckner in there and he said, fuck it. This works. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. also look at the play selection with Buckner, it was abundantly clear that Notre Dame felt and they were absolutely correct. Go look at advanced stats, look at play efficiency, uh, look at first down victories, even look at the Sapluses, uh, expe- win expectation, post game win expectation, which was in the high nineties. It was the second largest 97 behind, or something. Yeah. Like that. Behind yeah. this little team called Georgia. And it was basically that they could run at will on this team. They got 173 rushing yards against Virginia Tech. They were cooking. And it was very clear that it was like, hey, we're just going to run the football. Fuck it. We're going to run it down their Mm -hmm. throat. We're tired of of trying to screw around and pass like this and all all this kind of crazy stuff. We're just going to run it. And this is our best running solution. It's it's Tyler Buckner. Because even if things break down on a passing play, he can create something. He can make something happen. And Virginia Tech can't stop it. And for the most part, it was absolutely true until true. And, and, and it was I mean, look at his he did he passed the ball 14 times and played more than Cone did. And Cone yeah. had to go pass heavy in the last two drives and he only threw the ball 12 times. I, it, it was very abundantly clear why Buckner was in there. So as exciting as it was to watch him deep bomb it, it was very, very clear that, hey, he's there to run the football and we're going to pass to keep him honest. And mm-hmm. that kind of blew up in their face. And that's why the game, I mean, they bled clock like crazy. Um, it, 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 it just, it just so didn't fast. work. Yeah, it went fast. Yeah. It went incredibly fast. Yeah. So, and the offensive line did a fantastic job. We got to tip our hat to them. Uh, Pete Sampson, shortly before we came on the air, made a great point. They gave up two tackles for loss, and they were both sacks. Yeah. Like, just think about what happened before. Just think about it before I give you this number. Prior to this game, excluding sacks, 24 tackles for loss. Damn. 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 So things were much different. Now, granted, Virginia Tech does not have as solid of a defense. I will give you that. But this line, they, they found something there. They were, when Cone was back in the game, they were keeping him clean. Now, yes, mm-hmm. did he hold the ball too long at the beginning and make some really questionable, what do you do in decisions? Make up your mind? Sure. Absolutely. But now it's clear that Notre Dame's got something, especially for the rest of these teams on there. Shane, please point out the defense for the rest of the way that actually scares you. None of them. (laughs) Genuinely none of them. I mean... SC and UNC are defense optional right now. North Carolina and... Yeah, both of those are are laughably bad teams now. Like, laughably bad teams. And... uh, Let's see, Virginia, um, who? Uh, let's see, uh, Stanford, maybe Stanford shows up? Their who defense. the fuck even knows what's on that field, on that team anymore? Um, it's not a defense, yeah. I'll tell you that right now. It's, it's, they, they get weird spurts of, of offense yeah. and, and upset Pac-12 stability. It's not Georgia Tech. So, no? yeah, that's a great, it's a great, definitely not Navy. It's a great question. <laughs> I, I, so it's, I, I think Notre Dame's found something, and it was, look, I don't want to dog Zeke Carell uh, and every other person that's really lined up at left tackle since Fisher went down. But mm. I mean, it's it's simple math. After a while, you just need the big the the big beef that gains yeah. a lot of mistakes, and it's yeah, just man. it's it's a fact of, of reality. Uh, why my boy Rocco can't see the light of day in there? I <laughs> I think he's doing this to purposefully troll me and me alone. That Christophe keeps getting it over. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, he, or just yeah, Rocco's just like he's he's not he's not fully cured yet. He's just the, the beef is not ready. Yeah. So I look, it's there. You you see the signs and look, if the offensive line is better and that was your reason for hey, with this line, we gotta strike Drew Pine. We have to do it. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. the line was your excuse, that's kind of out the window now. 
So now yeah. it's really, do you want to rip the Band-Aid off and really try it? But I think it's, I don't think you do that. I think it's clear that regardless of what any of us want, BK is going to start Cone, and then he will break glass in case of emergency. He's not going to go lose a football game. Just to right. say, I didn't want to. I didn't want to flavor the weekend. You know, it was he? I think now in hindsight, the point of that was, guys, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to have a fucking quarterback controversy every week. But at the same time, he he wants to win the football game. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's I think that's the only approach you can take at this point. There's nothing. There's nothing for him to accommodate anymore. You know what I mean? There really is nothing for him to address. No storyline that is expected to be upheld. He's, he's just. He's able to just proceed as he sees fit because this is just kind of a one of those seasons that exists in a bubble. I, I, I mean, we're 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 going to remember Jack Cohn, but it's not going to be something really more than the season between Book and probably Buckner. Like it's ultimately how that's going to be perceived, I think, in the long run because you know it's it's, it's just an in betweener. You know, yeah. it, you can't you can't really rely on, on on any of the three to be like the perfect QB long term. Certainly not. Not Cohen, because he only gets the one season. But it's like, for now, all he's there to do is to make sure that we don't fucking, I don't know, go eight and four some mad, some, some insane way. At, at this point, yeah, nobody on the schedule feels as threatening as anybody else that we've played already. But again, this sport is on drugs, and you never know what can happen. So you, you can trust nothing, show up, and just beat every motherfucking opponent you play, right? And then let the rest sort itself out. So I think... If you if you have found a five and one result with this Jack Cone and all things considered, all injuries <laughs> considered, all fucking manic like mania that has taken place so far, I think you're you're happy with that. I think you more than trust someone like Jack Cone to take you know the final six games and put you know potentially six straight wins you know on the board heading into the postseason and let the rest sort itself out. Yeah, and I think the the other point is while we're not afraid of defenses, I'm afraid of some offenses right now. And I think that's yeah. the time to transition to the defense who, I mean, let, let's one thing clear. They weren't awful. And one thing I said with Eddie is if this defense basically says you need to score about 20 points to win, I, that's more or less what they did because seven of those points did not come from defensive issues. But, yeah. I mean... This defense, like I said, they were wrecking all kinds of havoc. They had seven tackles for loss, only one sack. Uh, Burmeister should not have been as slippery as he was, and, and BK, I think, really kind of nailed that home was they got to find a way to keep quarterbacks in the pocket and not running away from Foskey every time uh, yeah. he gets loose because Foskey should have had like three more sacks in that game because he, yeah, was, he was ready one, to eat. One bracket help, like just one person on the other side. Keeping the QB in position. That's it. But yeah, he did. They just keep running away from him. He, yeah, having on. Kurt Heinisch back was great. Uh, the the getting to take advantage of being on the tax box uh, tackle box horse collar was very hilarious. He he picked a fight with the entire Virginia Tech team. Yeah, he really <laughs> Which, did. I mean, he's, I mean, these guys got a fuck you attitude, and I I kind of love it. You know, we're, that we're already, play, when that play took place, I laughed and then felt like, oh, the refs are definitely going to flag them just because of the embarrassment factor of being launched by the defending player. And then they were like, no flag, just funny. All right, bye. Yeah, and it was funny because you, like, saw Heinish, like, he grabbed him and was like, oh, wait, I can't, like, yank him down because that's bad. So he, like, he's like, I don't want to let go. So he just kind of spun him around and chased him down. (laughs) (laughs) And then the look on his face is like, whatever. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but, um, look, the defense, if I have one thing to complain about, it is that... It felt like when Notre Dame was ready to maybe really start putting this game on ice and maybe lead the way with Buckner just bleeding the shit out of the clock, the defense needed to make some stops, and it just didn't happen. And and that's really the frustrating thing is that, you know, at the end of the half, they go super soft, give up a field goal they probably shouldn't have given up. Um, you know, hat tip to John Parker Romo for kicking the living piss out of oh, football, obliterating a football. <laughs> yeah, with his foot. I feel I feel like the sim did him some injustice by making him miss like a, a long field goal in our sim because he fucking crushed one that would have yeah, been good for fucking seventy. Um, but yeah, I mean the defense did fine. They weren't awful. Uh, you know they gave up. Uh, you know barely over three hundred yards in general. 
So mm-hmm. yardage was fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you're causing havoc. Just clamp down, man. It, it felt like right. you were fucking around. It, it really did. I, I don't know how else to describe it. There there comes a time, I think, in certain uh, game scenarios like this one where it's a seesawing score situation or like you're, you're, you're just chasing, you know, to, to, to get back in it, to tie the game or what have you. Like you're not in a position to afford to give up a drive where I think some of the fundamental elements of this Marcus Freeman defense design have no place or are inappropriate, like like excess havoc. Like sending, you know, obscene pressures or doing a lot of stunts and shit. And, you know, sometimes it's just prevent them from gaining more than three yards of play for the next three plays and, you know, get the fuck out of there. Let's let's not get cute. Let's not do the, ooh, I really would love to get a sack here. Or let's see if we can force a turnover with with, with excess, you know, by sending four on one side. Let's, Let's not... Sometimes it's not necessary, and like I feel like, yeah, when when the game was twenty two to twenty one, and suddenly they you know they they march down and Burmeister gets that scramble slash rocket speed into the end zone thing for a touchdown to go up to twenty nine points. That, that that felt like we shouldn't have been in the scenario where they like so quickly marched down into the red zone to begin with. Right, and, and, and like, like I said, the roughing the passer penalty was a big chunk was of how that a happened. Big chunk of it, exactly, exactly. And it's just like there, there are times when I, you, I felt like even though Kyle Hamilton absolutely was part of the big, the big part of the reason why that play went awry to begin with, he, his presence I don't think was needed. I think he he was second to to get to the quarterback in terms of hurrying up the pass anyway. You know, the contact was essentially guaranteed. You know, right. so it didn't really, I, I don't think it factored in. Like, it wasn't necessary. So, yeah, there's, it just feels like there's a time to to maybe be more conservative and call off the dogs, perhaps, or, or use them less often once things get tighter down the, uh, down the stretch. Uh, I absolutely agree. And, I, I look, the, the defense, especially the way they started the game, you, you saw what they had. It's like, yeah, this offense ain't going to cut it. Like it's it's mm-hmm. they're not going to be able to do anything on this defense, and they just gave up these little bits and pieces, and it almost felt like Freeman was uh, maybe it was a, a, just the game plan in general, not necessarily laying this at the feet of Freeman. Might have been more of hey, um, you know, BK saying Marcus, let's not fuck this up, keep it in front of you because this is a bleed the shit out of the clock game. Like we don't right. need to steal possessions. In fact, I don't want my true freshman getting extra possessions right now. Let's just make sure we we don't like get into like a clusterfuck of a situation. And despite that, we're still picking the ball off. Like Tariq Bracy, that interception that he had, I tipped my hat. Insane. That was absolutely yeah. insane. Uh, the swagger that BK said he has mm-hmm. and the confidence, yeah, you can see it. It's there. It's back. So there was so much good there that happened for the defense. You look at the stat sheet. It's just one of those things where it's like, hey, I'm going to tell you that Notre Dame barely gives up 300 yards and they get a turnover. And you're like, yeah, they win that game. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, but wait a second. Some of those were short fields. They were after turnovers. Oh, holy crap. One of them was just a straight pick six. Nothing the defense could do there. So, yeah, it, it all kind of sucked. But, right, uh, man, I, I know the defense is better than what they showed. And I, it, it's been pointed out by other people much smarter than me that, hey, this is a consistent problem. It's like there, there's many, and you go back and look at the games, and you'll have some extra time this bye week. Look at the points in time where you're like, you know what? Notre Dame almost had the cover here, was almost ready to go pull away from the game here. They just needed a defensive stop, and it felt like that stop didn't come because right. for whatever reason, it's like the pressure was loosened up or they were afraid that they were going to let a big play or – on the rare occasion, they actually let a big play blow up and go. But the top play that they let, this is a 25-yard play. Like, yeah. considering what we've seen, that's nothing. Yeah. No, they've, they've improved in all of the are-they-bleeding-to-death-here areas. You know, like all the things that I think the first four games, you know, informed concern about. Like, oh, fuck, big plays. You know, oh, fuck, uh, the run defense. Oh, fuck. It just, you know, can the can the defense be burned deep? You know, it, you know that all those things are have become secondary concerns now. Now it's just about like, can they actually do the bend but don't break concept? Can they keep the you know the the 
I guess any, everything between the 20s, you know, they can keep it live there, but once shit gets to the red zone, can they absolutely terminate a drive when necessary? Like, can they get these stops when the stops are absolute musts? Could they replicate those, you know, the, the Stanford 2012 efforts? It, it is something like that possible? You know, like that's kind of where the question comes into what this defense is built to do. Yeah, and I, I feel like it's not built to do that. I feel like you're you're right. really you're you're screwing your weapons up there. Yep. This is a team that is meant to have havoc and like look, if at a minimum you can get your defensive line or do some kind of blitz or pressure that makes sure you can't let a QB go escape outside the pocket, you're already gonna run the sack numbers up and now you're having all kinds of negative plays lopped on there. That's what this defense excels at. That's what Marcus Freeman excels at. And then you've got a bunch of ball hawks that's been proven back there in the field. Like, as far as the secondary goes, like, the only bad thing I saw was Cam Hart, you know, tried to do, like, a, a dumbass, you know, shoulder, yeah, head charge. Yeah, used to his back to, to create a tackle and missed at yeah. the same time. And, and, and that ended up costing, you know, points at the end of the day. Uh, but beyond that, I mean... You got ball hawks out there, man. You got people that are ready to pick shit off left and right. And we right. haven't seen a secondary like that ever, like, since I've been alive. I have not seen a Notre Dame secondary play like this where I don't feel like there's only one guy that can legitimately pick people off. Now there's a whole load of them out there. Mm-hmm. And, Cal- and that's how Kyle Hamilton keeps having stuff thrown in his direction because everybody's all over everybody's ass right now. So it's, right. it's kind Everyone's of a pick scary. your poison. So this defense should be playing a hell of a lot better consistently. Like, that's really it. Just just be consistent. I, I It sure. gets maddening when you see a defense pin their ears back, go absolutely freaking insane, and then it's like, nope, not now. No, 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 hold on. Three down linemen. Yeah. Let's, let's back people up. Let's drop eight. Like, let's not worry about it. Soft zones here, boys. Yeah, sure. no, no. Just play like you're supposed to on a video game. Don't let right. them gain a fucking first down. <laughs> Absolutely. Erase them. Yeah. Beat them 125 to fucking nothing. Yeah, just because. Uh, and for Notre Dame special teams, dude, Jonathan Doerr and, and whatever laser issues they're having there. Which is, the laser was the strobe. It was the strobe, asshole. They showed the guy on the broadcast. I have never seen a situation. And God, the, this is how bad the ACC network is and how bad the booth is. Because the, the, the truck and the cameras find this dickhead. And he was sitting yep. there with the strobing thing. You can tell it's not a phone light. You can tell it's not even a flashlight. You're like, that's the thing you see right now. Whether it's a laser yeah. or a strobe, that's the thing it's you see. Guy. Yeah. And it was like the booth that pretended it didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> and the truck's like, you idiot for showing him. Just fucking say it. Just fucking say yeah. it's him. <laughs> They're like, yeah, they seem to be saying that there's some kind of laser. They got the guy, and each one in the booth are going, yeah, I'm not sure. They're talking about some visual obstruction. Uh, it's just like, it's the, it sucks that, you know, you get a delay like this from these fans. I'm just not sure what they're looking at here. And the guy, again, the whole time is on the screen holding up a strobe light, and you can see Brian Kelly very clearly mouth. we don't want our kicker kicking towards that fucking guy. We don't want that fucking guy there. We don't want him there. He's like very clearly saying, that fucking guy, get him out of there. And they're like, what are you talking about? All the fans have phone light. Me no sure. Me sorry. We walk, we kick. It's I hear like, okay, Inter you know somewhere in here. Still here. It's like, you know what? Fine. Jonathan Dora apparently was the one that came over and was, hey, man, coach, let's just kick it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he just, all he does is just fucking drain it, like right down the mm-hmm. middle. But seriously, how, I mean, this fuck, fucking dude, like, is he the yeah. one that when he goes home, like, his favorite thing to do at night is to fucking go by the nearest regional airport and shine a goddamn laser into the, the eyes of pilots, like, causing oh fucking God. retinal damage and stuff? Like, what makes you think any of that is okay? Like, I know people love to give us shit about, and we talked about it before, about having a tough place to play. It's like, look, if the alternative is to be gigantic fucking assholes... To where yeah. you literally have a game stopped down at the most crucial moment because the head coach is legitimately concerned that his player is going to get some fucking eye damage. You know, forget yeah, about I, missing the kick. Yeah, it just it felt like a little piece of a lot of what the broadcast was revealing to me because the broadcast had like 
a lot of um, intimate accesses as if you were inside the stadium that are not typical because this was ACC network right. and things were kind of like, it was a little bit like boot like bootleggy. It was like kind of rough and not hyper edited and muted everywhere. So you got to hear a lot of weird shit that you don't normally get to hear. Like the whole opening Enter Sandman sequence, they did it without a single person speaking, you know, until Notre Dame entered the stadium. Like they let that whole thing play out in pure stadium audio. And then every time they would be cutting to, to, to um, replays, you could hear a very specific couple of fans that were very loud. Yes. Every, every time the band did any tiny little call and response sequence, you could hear the very clear responses from the Virginia Tech time. So it felt like kind of like infiltration. Like you got a, a peek inside of what it was like being a Virginia Tech fan. And frankly... My biggest takeaway is that being a Virginia Tech fan, all you need to do is be really fucking annoying. Like, so, <laughs> so fucking, you, you just have to be the person at the, at the, sta- at, in the stands that everybody within like a 50 foot radius is looking at being like, is that fucking bitch still doing that shit? Like, you have to be that person because it was the whole game they were screaming the same chance over and 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 then you know that guy's whole mo was be obnoxious strobe light asshole and let's all do like soccer level chants and shit like that's really the whole experience so i'm not at all surprised that he felt like yeah my contribution today to coming to this stadium <laughs> is i'm absolutely going to cheat for the team do here we go team, baby do it for go the hokies team. Yeah, and you also like, had the fans in the front row that were dressed as Hokies fucking a leprechaun. That was also interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was a choice. I'm like, wait, wait. They kept zooming in. What? On it. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, let's take the step of the logic here. Are you saying that we're, we're all for turkeys just, just fucking a mythical creature? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if, if this is like a. Are we cross pollinating holidays here? Because. <laughs> We're talking about November and March, first of all. So whoever thought about that shit, unless you have like a, it's the fall edition of Lucky Charms in a costume. I don't like you're supposed to stuff supposed to stuff the turkey. Okay, the turkey does not do the stuffing. We are we are backwards here. Uh, It's magically delicious. Yeah, that was a good point because when they did Inner Sandman, uh, when Notre Dame had the night game, and you know it was the full ABC to do. You know they're they're doing the build up. You know. They're they're not trying to talk over everything, but you you know they don't want to leave the silence there for too long. You know they right. they want to make sure that they keep talking and make sure that basically the audience knows that the audio didn't fucking go off on them. Basically, right. and they're, they're still yeah. there. Um, yeah. So look, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's fine if we end up on that shit network. I I don't care. Give us just find a booth that can commentate. Like for the love of God. I just feel like each passing ACC affiliate game is just a free enforcement for Jack Swarbrick sitting there being like, let me know when this deal is done because we're going to walk away laughing our asses off. March right the fuck on down to the SEC and be like, let's talk about playing Texas or Oklahoma once every other year. How about money? You like money? We do too. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you do feel yeah. like something's going to give at some point with this new alliance and stuff. Uh, but yeah, look, it, this game is very much and it is what it is. It's really clear that this team's banged up. We went an entire podcast without mentioning Michael Mayer didn't get a single snap because he yeah. tried to warm up. And, and, and speaking of very weird, like janky things, like they found the one clip of him beating the shit out of, of his own girl, punching his own groin. Yeah, <laughs> the best part is like, yeah, he has a hip abductor issue. Like, fucker, he is punching. Like, he is all watching his him. Nuts. We're all miss watching him barely miss his nutsack. It's okay. It's fine. <laughs> you could say groin, you fucking abductor. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, that was so great. It's like you knew it's like, but well, it's what it says on the sheet, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Alright. But that that was and you can like tell it he was, was a, pissed he wasn't in the game either. But it's for the I think honestly, like I was happy seeing that. Because like, I, I was like too. I, I don't have any reason to, but I still have full faith in every other tight end on the roster behind him. So it's like, okay. Tactus you know, had a great game. He's not needed right now. He's not needed for, you know, if anything is going to make his injury any worse, this Virginia Tech game should not be the game for that. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, speaking of the mayor situation, BK did give a little bit more color in his post-game presser 
Say that basically yeah. Mayer was trying to talk him, talk his way into the game. Say so it was like, well, just put me in on third down and in red zone. So BK That's is basically hilarious. like, um, so we're going to put you in the situations where you're almost guaranteed to push yourself too hard and hurt right, yourself. to get hurt. No, no, we're, no. it's like, we're not doing this. Like, look, we just saw you trying to like play speed bag with your fucking ball sack over here. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're not going in this game. We're going to hold you out just because you don't seem to have clear judgment about what your body can and can't handle, you psychopath. Yeah, I tell you what, what a head of hair on that dude too. Like, yeah, yeah, like, he's I was got, like, yeah. I'm impressed, man. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, look, why we couldn't come at a better time? This team looks tired. They look exhausted. They look hurt mm-hmm. as all shit. And really, they need a week. I think not just to figure out what the fuck they're gonna do for the last half of the schedule, but just like to to go sit in an ice bath for a little while and just like lick their wounds a little bit because you can tell everybody else is fresher because we're in that by everybody's got a bye week cycle sure bullshit coming on so we're at the halfway point we're about to have the big rivalry game so get your rest figure out what you're gonna do you know in the meantime but man just everybody take a goddamn deep breath i know i need one after this it just feels like for the first time that the biggest focus of this bye week is just that. Rest, recover, become fresh. Because there's no longer like the, and get ready for a blank on in week seven. No, there's just like, just rest. And then, you know, do all six of these teams the charity of playing them. Because, they, you know, we, we, we feel bad for them. You know, yeah. Just don't. And don't, don't lose. fuck it up. That's it. Don't fuck yeah, it up. It's like, have it. you seen what's going on around? Yeah. And we're going to talk about what's going around here in a bonus podcast. Again, Patreon.com. Slash text for one buck is all you need. Yeah. But yeah, uh, with everything going on, it's look, just win the games, let the chips fall where they may. I don't think anybody's thinking playoff right now, but I tell you no. what, you, you just, just hold the fuck on. Like, I don't even know necessarily it's with the way Georgia's playing right now and as pissed off as Alabama's going to be. It's like, I don't necessarily, I know if I want that. Like, I want to, yeah. I'd love to be in the conversation. If we get it, I sure won't be mad. But it's really, look, let's just win one game at a time. It's like, look at the rest of the schedule. Like, let's not fuck it up. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, look, Cincinnati, they love us right now. <laughs> yeah. We, we, have a, we have a chance by our wins to shove a group of five team into this bullshit. Yep. So, and we're, we're yep. about to get the, the first rankings for the college football playoff where everything, I'm sure, is going to go upside down. Yikes, so, can't wait. Don't don't lose. Just don't lose. That is Just the, don't one. lose. That's it. All right. Well, that, unless you got anything else uh, to go off nope. of, Shane, I think we covered every last little bit here. So that'll yeah. wrap it up for us. Thank you, as always, for giving us a listen. Make sure you keep doing so during our last season by subscribing over to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to get your podcast feeds at. Make sure to come join us at Discord over at herlittlesons.com slash Discord, twitch.tv slash herlittlesons for a sim in a week. And of course, you can always find us at our home at herlittlesons.com. And with that, y'all, go Irish, rest up, have a good one.